The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Good morning to you from WGNS. Here it is Thursday, March the 9th. Local attorney John Day is with us this morning. John, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Great to have you with us today. Great to be here. Thank you. And spring is in the air. A little bit less spring today than it was the other day, but it's gradually getting here. It's, we're going in the right direction. It's yeah. With occasional deviation, right? And one of the big parts of spring, whenever you think about spring, we switch to daylight savings time. That happens this weekend. Oh, I forgot that. Yes. I'm glad I said something. Yeah, well, yes. I would have been late for church. So, uh, yeah, we switch over Saturday. Well, you set your clocks before you go to bed Saturday night. But if you want to be official, you get up at 2 o'clock Sunday morning and set your clock. Uh, you can I've be official. Yeah, I've I was going to say. <laughs> so, I don't know. John Day is here to help us this morning, help us to understand the courts. And, you know, one thing that uh, has always been, I'm sure, in people's minds, is the difference in the state and federal courts. And sometimes if you're impacted by issues, your case will end up in a state court. Sometimes it ends up in a federal court. Uh, can you help us with that a bit? Oh, I can. Uh, thanks. Uh, I think that the the main thing for people to understand is they're most likely to have interaction with a state court system than a federal court system. If they have any er- interaction with the courts at all, Excuse me. Most people won't have an interaction with the courts, right? Hopefully. Yes. (laughs) But if you do, you're much more likely to have an interaction with the state court system. Just these statistics will put it, uh, make it clear. Last year, the federal courts handled about 400,000 cases. Last year, the state courts handled 100 million cases. Wow. So big difference. So they we we think of the federal court uh, system, and the first thing we think about is big court system, big cases, and it is a big court system in that there's uh, 677 judges at the lower court level, the federal district court level, and there's 179 court of appeals judges and there's nine supreme court justices and they're all over the united states but they only handle about four hundred thousand cases a year much less than say texas or california in the state court system so So, now what what do we see in tennessee how many this is a fair-sized state yeah we've got about two percent of the population in the country and we have Our federal courts are divided between the three grand divisions of the state, just like so many things in Tennessee are tied to the grand divisions. So there's a federal court for the western district, a federal court for the middle district, and a federal court for the eastern district. 
and within those districts, the federal courts sit in Shelby, uh, Shelby County, Memphis, and in uh, Jackson. In Nashville, they sit in, believe it or not, Nashville, Columbia, and Cookville. And over in East Tennessee, they sit in Knoxville, Chattanooga, Greenville, and oddly enough, Winchester. Interesting. There's a federal courtroom upstairs of the post office in beautiful downtown Winchester, Tennessee. Now, how did that? Uh, how was that decided upon? Where those are located? Well, like many things in the law, it's a matter of history, and I don't know the exact history behind the location of the court in Winchester, Tennessee, but. I, I'm going to bet that it's very, very similar to the history behind the federal courthouse in Cookville. Mm-hmm. And that was <clears throat> that happened because we had a federal judge who was a resident of Cookville and who accepted a job for the Middle District of Tennessee, which means he heard federal court cases throughout the Middle District. And he was the judge who presided over the desegregation of the school system in Nashville in the 1960s. As you might expect, that was a very controversial decision, a very controversial time. And he wasn't on the cocktail party list in Nashville. <laughs> I don't, he wasn't necessarily welcome in some places. And he decided that maybe it made more sense for uh, him to hold court in Cookville and that area of the whole district would come there. He still came to Nashville, but he held court in Cookville. So they just built him a courtroom uh, in the post office over there. Now, are there any differences in the federal courts in Tennessee, any of those federal courts versus other parts of the nation? No, the federal courts here are just like the federal courts everywhere. That is, at the lower court level, what we call the United States District Court, there will be a judge or two or three or four. It depends um, how many people are there and how many cases are filed. For example, the United States District with the most judges is the Southern District of New York. That's Manhattan. They have 44 federal judges, 44. That is more than probably 10 other states have combined. But the Southern District of New York includes all of Manhattan. And all of Manhattan is, what, 10, 12, 13 million people? Oh, yeah. And then think of the billions and trillions of dollars of money that moves through that island, Manhattan, right, 26 square miles, moves through that island every single year. So there's financial crimes, there's all sorts of activities up there that give rise to lawsuits and criminal prosecutions and gives rise to the need for more federal courts. Now, a lot of the courts, I would imagine, in New York State, New York City in particular, uh, with all of the uh, shipping that comes in from other countries, is foreign uh, trade, is that part of the federal uh, courts? Yes. I mean, there's... Believe it or not, there is a, it depends what the controversy is, but yes, some foreign trade related complaints and concerns are handled in a federal district court. Others are handled in what's called a trade court 
it's a separate court that quite frankly me and most lawyers would never have any reason to go into and quite frankly probably wouldn't be competent to go into it's a whole different deal right that's a specialized court but if it's a a dispute over the meaning of a contract or the destructions of good in transit on an international um, uh, movement of goods from one nation to the other that is something that may well be handled in a federal district court and it may be in this Maybe in New York, it may be in Miami, it may be in Norfolk, Virginia, maybe wherever the ports are is where the, a lot of that action takes place. Now, I guess during World War II, uh, the area around Oak Ridge, Knoxville, that area would have had more federal cases if there had been anything coming to court. That was pretty secret, all of the uh, uh, nuclear uh, studies being done there. Oh, yes. Um, uh, you know, literally uh, world-changing activities going on over there. Of course, there wouldn't have been much litigation because nobody knew about it. <laughs> That's right. It was a secret court. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, they're, they're uh, but, but, yeah, to this day, they're, if, um, the inter- if there was some sort of dispute, say, between the contractors at the Oak Ridge Lab or the related entities that are around it, that's something that may end up in federal court and may end up in state court. It, and it depends what they're fighting about. So the, re, the way people get into federal court is if, number one, the case involves federal law as opposed to state law, or if the parties involved are citizens of different states. And that's called diversity of citizenship. So let me give you an example. Driving down uh, Memorial Boulevard and you get in a wreck and two local people uh, and somebody gets hurt, that dispute will likely be settled. But if it's not settled, it would be almost certainly, in the ordinary course, be a state court case and it would probably end up in Rutherford County. If that same wreck happened but it involved uh, a trucking company from out of state and an out of state truck driver and the amount in controversy was more than $75,000, it could be brought in state court or it could end up in federal court under a statute called the Diversity of Citizenship Statute. So the idea was when that Diversity of Citizenship Statute was passed is that People are sometimes concerned about being hailed into a court, a local court, a state court, when they were from out of state, would they be treated unfairly? So what the Congress decided is to open up federal courts to those kind of cases if there were citizens of different states involved and the amount in controversy was in excess of $75,000. We have a text here from a listener who's saying that uh, they have a friend who was involved in a traffic accident recently, that included someone who was not an American citizen. Is that something that could be looked at on the federal level, or should it be? Well, it could be. It could be. The, the question is, uh, the better question is the second one, should it be? And that's the kind of judgment calls that lawyers have to make as part of their practice if they do personal injury and wrongful death work, which is what I do. What is the better place for this case? Are we, are, is my client, 
the better off being in state court or being in federal court. So uh, I'll give you an example of a, a matter I worked on uh, recently. Somebody was hurt in Montgomery County. He was from out of state. The people who caused his injuries, in my opinion, are from Tennessee. Should we be in Montgomery County or should we be in federal court in Nashville? We chose to be in federal court in Nashville. We thought that that would be in his best interest. Uh, but we could have made the decision just to be in Montgomery State Court. It's just a, a judgment call that lawyers make if there are a couple options of where to bring a lawsuit. Are the ways the judge handles things different on the federal court level versus state level? Yes, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of similarities, but there is... Uh, differences in every court system. So the state of Tennessee has a group of rules called the Rules of Civil Procedure that apply in cases, how the cases progress through the courts, and the Rules of Evidence, which is what sort of items can the jury or the judge, if the judge is deciding the case, consider and be, be, are properly brought before him or her to decide the case. The federal court system has the same rules, except they're different. <laughs> or really, to be fair, Tennessee adopted the federal rules but changed them. So there's different rules in state court and than there are in federal court. And there are advantages to some of the rules of being in one court or the other. Give me, I'll give you an example. In Tennessee state court, a police report is not admissible into evidence. In federal court, it is. So if you think you need the police report into evidence and you can get into federal court, that's where you want to be because you cannot get into, court, into evidence at state court. Hmm. So, and there's a bunch of rules like that. I mean, it's one of those things that quite frankly drive lawyers a little crazy because there are, uh, I'm going to say, 60 to 70 different rules of evidence, not counting subparts, and 90 or 100 rules of civil procedure, not counting subparts. Uh, I guess it's 80, about 80 rules. And, and those exist for each system, the state court system and the federal court system. And where we you know, expected to have a pretty good grip on all those rules. And then to complicate matters further, each court has local rules. That does make it just always something to add it's, confusion to it. it. Well, it adds confusion, but that's not intended. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, in the intention is to help the courts function in a way that the local people feel are is in the best interest of the, pu the public and the judiciary, um, but they are different. And uh, for instance, Williamson County just changed its rules uh, effective March 1st. So for the last five or six years, they've been operating under one set of local rules. March 1st, they have new rules. Interesting. Uh, we have another question here from a listener. They were vi visiting in California and uh, had a head-on collision. Fortunately, it was a low-speed 
head-on collision with the person who was driving the wrong way down the road and was intoxicated. And she said, my husband pulled over to the side hoping to avoid the car and put our car in neutral. I've never heard of somebody doing that. And and she explains that he did that to uh, make the impact less of an impact. Smart. I'll try to remember that. Yeah. Uh, But she said that the, the person hit the car. No one was injured. The husband jumped out, took pictures quickly. And thankfully, because she says the car then drove away. Ooh. But the police arrested the person 10 minutes later. Uh, and she's wondering, what kind of court should I be in? Uh, do I have a choice of having a local lawyer or do I need a California lawyer? Okay, lots of questions there. And let me answer it and and say to you and say to her and everyone else who's listening what the potential issues are. If you are in a wreck in another state, and we'll just use California, but this applies to every state, ordinarily that any sort of lawsuit that arises out of that would have to be filed in that state and in the county where that happened. Whether that would be in a state court or a federal court would depend on where the person who caused the wreck was from and how much money was in controversy, over over $75,000 or less. You would expect that if a wreck took place in California, the person who caused the wreck was probably from California, just because there's 50 million of them, right? <laughs> and there's Tennessee out there. So it, it could have been a Texan that caused the wreck, but it's let's just assume it was California the case would have to be brought in California and then it would be state or federal court depending on the the amount of damages that were sought. The reason for that is the person cannot from California cannot be required to come to Tennessee to defend the case because the lawsuit, the dispute between them had nothing to do with Tennessee. That's called the law of jurisdiction personal jurisdiction, that one state can't require a person from another state to go into the forum state's courts without there being good reason for it. If by chance two Tennesseans ran into one another in California, that lawsuit could be brought in Tennessee because the Tennessee courts would have personal jurisdiction, personal power to compel somebody to go to court over a Tennessee resident even though the wreck happened in California. So quite frankly, I see this in uh, Florida uh, wreck cases. There's so many Tennesseans who go to Florida and every once in a while they run into one another. And that, that dispute could be handled in Florida, but it could also be done in Tennessee. So this person asked about getting a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Which would, one? Yeah. Local or California? You'd be best served by finding a lawyer in California. I will say this, and I do this for people all the time, no, no charge, right? If she wanted to send me an email and tell me the county where this happened, I would look up. I've got a list of people I know around the country, and I would give her several names of people who are in California who might be able to help her. 
That, that would be very good. So I'd be happy to do that. What's, what's a good contact for you? Uh, my email address is jday, J-D-A-Y, at johndaylegal.com. jday at johndaylegal.com. And just send me an email and say that we talked on the radio this morning and I'll and give me the county, and I'll be happy to give her a couple names. That's the, the big thing there, the county. Yes, the county in California. We'll be back in just a second. John Day is our guest. We're looking at federal cases, state cases, federal courts, state courts. Which is the better for you? And it sounds like it's case by case almost. It is. We'll be right back. This is Chip Walters, and you're listening to Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station. Yeah, we got them. MTSU Sports on WGNS AM, FM, online. If I could talk to the animals. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, inviting your family to come in and do business with my family. As the weather gets worse and we spend more time indoors, give your pets additional enrichment. Here at Animal City, we carry a variety of toys and entertainment for pets of most kinds. When you stop in to see us at Animal City, make sure to explore all two stories of our wonderful pets and pet supplies. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders like our pastas and many other items that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Good morning. Just a couple of accidents still being cleared. Here's what we see. Still some heavy traffic coming through Mount Julian right now, leaving Wilson County on 40 going westbound towards Nashville. Still not bad. 65 south there at Trinity Lane. It's just a normal build up there. Stop and go. Watch for some radar. I-40 out through parts of Dixon County. Nash Painting services all of Middle Tennessee. Ask about their vapor blaster that removes paint without damaging uh, the house. Uh, call Nash Painting right now at 615-912-2288. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Cloudy skies in store for this afternoon with rain becoming likely. Highs in the lower 60s. For tonight, more showers continuing, low of 46. I'm meteorologist Michael Carroll, News Radio WGNS. Right now it's 48. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. I'm Ken Coleman. Join me here on News Radio WGNS. Weekdays live at noon as we answer your questions about your calling, passion, and talent to maximize your potential. Welcome back. John Day is with us from the law firm of John Day. And we're talking about federal courts. We're talking about state courts. And which is best for you? Because it sounds like you have a choice. Is it often a choice of which way you go? It's usually not a choice, quite frankly. It's, it's only when there is a federal, what we call a federal question, and I'll get to that in a minute, 
And the other option is when there are citizens from different states involved in the controversy and the controversy exceeds $75,000. So the, the most likely civil dispute that people are going to get into here is being in a car or truck wreck. And usually that's gonna involve somebody from the locale. You know, th most, most wrecks occur within five miles of home. I mean, it's more likely that it's gonna be a fellow Tennessean than somebody from Texas or California. Could happen, but the ordinary matters are gonna be handled in a state court in your home county. Now, if you have an accident, and this is sounds far out, but it's not as far out as it sounds. If you have an accident and it involves a car that is autonomous driving, <laughs> uh, and where, where does that go? I mean, people are saying, well, people, there's no cars. Hey, they're out there. They are out there. The, the law in Tennessee, first of all, the, the law is sort of a mess around the entire country on this, and there's not a whole lot of federal standards yet for these vehicles. But the law in Tennessee is that an autonomous car is treated just as if it was a human. Hmm. And therefore, the person <laughs> sitting in the driver's wheel is responsible for the conduct of that car. Okay. And okay. so far as the person who gets hurt is concerned. Now, the person who was, quotation marks, driving the autonomous vehicle may make a claim against the manufacturer of that vehicle saying, hey, you told me this car would drive itself. It did, but it ran me into somebody. And that cost me money or I got hurt myself. That's called a products liability lawsuit. It can make that sort of claim. But the the passenger doesn't have to bring a claim against the car. I mean, the passenger, the, the person who was hurt, doesn't have to bring a claim against the, the manufacturer of the vehicle. Instead, they can bring a claim against the driver of the vehicle. And from an economic standpoint, that's usually what they would want to do. They would not want to bring a claim against the manufacturer unless very significant injuries occurred. I believe people don't realize how many vehicles there are on the road. It does not have to be a Tesla or anything like that. Some of the Toyotas are now coming out with an interstate-type system. If you're in stop-and-go traffic, put it in this mode, and it will stop and go and keep up with the traffic, keep you in the correct lane, and you don't have to... Uh, get as much fatigue i guess you could say well my car has it i mean and yeah. i and i and i i use it when mm -hmm. i'm on the interstate of driving it I drives start, itself it drives itself and i will say i love my car it's the best car i've ever owned but the self-driving function is not ready for prime time i mean it works when it works but it shuts itself off on now, the interstate. On the interstate. Now, it it's designed to shut itself off if I don't keep my eyes on the road. It is watching me. So it would be impossible for me, if I was so stupid to do so, to read a book driving down the interstate and let the car drive because it would give me a warning and then it would shut itself down. But it shuts itself down when I'm paying perfect attention to the road. Now, when it shuts itself down, what... 
Does it just stop on the interstate? No, it flashes. So I, when it's in the autonomous mode, my steering wheel has a green light that lights up. And I know that it's in, or is it blue? I can't remember which. It's in that mode. And when it decides to shut itself off, it will start to flash red. That green or blue ring will flash a different color, red, and then it will give me time to take control of the vehicle. So I, I want to be clear, it's never put me in an emergency situation because I've always been doing what you're supposed to do, and that is paying attention to the roadway even though I don't have my hands on the wheel. But it is not... I could not drive from here to Nashville on Interstate 24 and put it in the autonomous mode. And it brakes and speeds up, keeps a safe distance. It does all that. But I couldn't do it and have it work for 30 miles. It would not work. Here's a text from a listener who says they have a Tesla. And they say that uh, they enjoy the autonomous mode. The only thing that concerns them uh, is that if you're out on a country road, that it doesn't slow down on curves. So does your car slow down on curves? It, it does that not. could be a little scary. It is not, except mine is only for interstate driving, okay? Oh, so okay. the interstate curves are designed for 80 or 85 miles an hour. I'm going whatever the speed limit is, 70 or so, in, in essentially cruise control, so it doesn't need to slow down on curves unless there's a vehicle there in which event it would slow itself down and speed itself up so i've had it was it's a little freaky freaky to be going down the interstate and come to a curve without your hands on the wheel and let it turn i mean it's but it that works pretty well when the overall pretty well <laughs> that sort of works <laughs> it works 99 percent of the time okay. Well, we'll move on to some other subjects here. <laughs> Fascinating subjects. Didn't aren't you the one that told me that some of these uh, big rigs uh, traveling between, say, the Tri Cities and Memphis, are are being directed by satellite? Well, or tested? Or? You know, I'd love to be able to tell you that. Okay, uh, somebody told me. No, that. no, I, I I probably told you that, but I'd like to be able to tell you that I told you the truth and it was actually happening. And the reason I can't tell you that is state law doesn't require trucking companies to tell us that. They don't even have to tell the state. They have the right to autonomous trucks, but they don't have to report if they're doing it, and they don't have to report if there's accidents involving those trucks. And I testified about this on Capitol Hill, and I said, listen, I, I'm all in favor of progress, believe me. I mean, and I... If we can make the roads safer through autonomous vehicles, I'm all in favor of it. I don't want to see people get hurt and killed. But this is new technology. Let's monitor it and make sure it works in California, in Arizona, in Utah, in other states. When there's a wreck involving an autonomous vehicle, you have to report it. And there's an investigation. And they're trying to get to the bottom of, the, you know, how reliable are these things? What do, do we need to tweak? Are any regulations necessary? But in Tennessee, we don't even know what brands of trucks do that, or do we? No. I mean, I, I have not seen a Tesla truck, uh, although there are pickup trucks. But they also have created, and I don't know if it's on the market, but I've seen pictures 
of the big rigs, the 18-wheelers. Yeah, I, I've seen pictures of them. I have not seen one. On I've not seen one in person, no. Yeah. So any truck, any, any big rig could be equipped to 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 be autonomous. Is that it right? It could be equipped, yes, but there would be a driver, right? Yeah. There would still be a driver. But, yeah, they, they're, they're making those trucks. They're making them. Yeah, but we don't. We don't know. Now, what experience they're having in Tennessee? Prime, uh, Amazon, uh, their trucks that they use around town look electric. And, and usually whenever something looks electric, if it is electric, it might have some of the other uh, little goodies that go along with it. Are their trucks, are the Amazon trucks uh, autonomous? I don't know that. I don't know. And, one and, way and they, they wouldn't tell you that either. I don't well, know. it's. It, I, I mean, I think you could get on um, Google and figure out what percentage of trucks in their fleet were autonomous or not. I'm sure that they would promote it, right? Because it is a potentially cost-saving measure. But I just don't know, and I don't know how to tell by looking at one. And and so you're saying, turning this toward the topic we're ha having today of. Would this be a state or a federal issue? It could go either way, but probably would be state, you're saying. It, well, yeah, probably in the ordinary traffic wreck case, you're going to end up in a state court. The uh, But if it involved an Amazon truck driven by an Amazon driver from another state, ah, it could end up in federal court. So yeah. just a lot of things go into... What's happening? Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, you know, this is what lawyers do, right? So we, we're, we're familiar with the options that are available under a given fact situation. You know, do you want this matter in state court? If in state court, what county? Because sometimes you, there are multiple choices of which county you can be in. Or do you want to go to federal court and... Um, and if so, uh, you usually go to federal court in Tennessee. But I've, for instance, I'm getting ready to file a case in Massachusetts, even though I could bring it in Na in Nashville, or I could bring it in Montgomery County in state court. I think it's in my client's best interest to go to Massachusetts. So that's this is the law of venue of jurisdiction, venue being where can you bring a suit, jurisdiction, who's got the power to make people come to court, and the last one is choice of law, which law applies to a given situation. And for instance, in a car wreck case in Tennessee involving two Tennesseans or a Tennessean and somebody from California, Tennessee law will apply. But if a product causes an injury to somebody in Tennessee and that product is made in Massachusetts, Massachusetts would probably apply its law if you brought the case in state court, and Massachusetts law is more favorable to people who get hurt than Tennessee law is. And that's why I'm going to Massachusetts in the other case. We have a high-tech audience, obviously, or they're out there trying to think of something different and bizarre. <laughs> well, here's, here's another, and maybe from the same people. This one says, uh, with my Tesla, I have, on several occasions, enjoyed having it out front of the house and then uh, on my cell phone 
uh, turn it on and have it drive into the garage and park itself. On occasions, I've even been shopping and a pouring down rain happens and I will get the car on its own to go from the parking lot to the front door of the shopping center where I walk out and get in. If it hit someone, there's nobody in the car. What would happen? You, the, the operator, would be responsible for that car. And the, if, if, let's say, assume you're at the Kroger shopping, one of the Kroger stores, and you, you summon your car to pick you up up front, and the, the, your Tesla hits a pedestrian between the parking space and the front the pedestrian could bring a claim against you because you were, in essence, deemed under Tennessee law to be operating that car. If you were cons- thought, this wasn't my fault, I was just relying on Tesla, you could bring a claim against Tesla and say, Tesla, you should be responsible for this, not me. But that would be between you and Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 person the pedestrian would have a claim directly against you. Interesting. So you are you are um, putting your personal responsibility and your liability insurance online when you allow the car to operate in the autonomous, fully autonomous mode. Are you noticing the legal field changing? becoming more complicated, more challenging with technology? Well, yes. It, it, getting more complicated and simpler at the same time, <laughs> right? Interesting. So yeah. technology has helped lawyers more efficiently represent their clients. Um, many counties now, for instance, have electronic filing, so we don't have to send people to the courthouse or walk to ourselves. So that saves time and money. There's lots of advances in the law from a technology standpoint that help lawyers help their clients better. But at the same time, technology has turned the practice of law into an 18 or 19 hour a day job. You know, I mean, I get hundreds of emails every single day. I get court filings constantly. There is no time off if you ever look at your computer. Uh, so, you know, yesterday I got bad news in a case at 4.17 p.m. <laughs> you know, I, I had just won one matter, and then I get bad news on another case. The old days, I would have heard that in three days, got, would have got it by mail. Then I get it by that. Well, that means calls to the client. That means all sorts of things got triggered as a result of that. So the, the pace, because of technology, has picked up the pace of things. So the, the time that you spend is much more, although the way you spend it is you know, less, uh, less muscle time. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, more, more um, you're... There's, there's, you're, you've got more hours, I think. I think the average lawyer would say they're putting more hours in and more mentally demanding work, uh, but saving some time, on the other hand, because of the ability to use technology. I, Bart, I started practicing law before there were fax machines, okay? So I started in 1981, and I worked for a big law firm. We did not have a fax machine. That changed things. Because it used to be communications were 
by mail. The good old days. The, well, I'll say the old days. I, I'll, yeah. We can dispute whether or not, fight about whether or not they're good, right? But they were the old days, and so you'd get something, and you'd have take two days or three days to get it by mail, and then there'd be a response time. Then fax machines came, and that speeded things up, and then email came, and so everything is speeding up. Yeah, and I can recall, but we'll take a break here. I can recall that we used to, when we put a fax machine in, prior to that, some of the people, the leaders in the town would uh, be out and about early in the morning, some jogging, particularly on obituaries, and they would jog them by the radio station. And we had tremendous conversations with T90 Scales and <laughs> Mr. Edwin Ayers and Bubba Woodfin, some of those folks. We had a ball. As soon as, well, not as soon, after the fax machines were out for a while, I never saw those people again. I mean, they quit coming, but we still saw each other uh, as we were around town, but not on a regular basis. Right. Yeah. It's changed everything. Yeah, very definitely. We're going to pause for just a moment. Our final segment, so if there's an itching question that you have dealing with state and federal cases, Get it to us quickly. Don't waste any time. We'll be right back for the final segment. John Day is our guest this morning. We're all about saving you money. I'm Dave Ramsey on WGNS, Rutherford County's place to talk. Weekdays from 1 to 4 on WGNS. Still overpaying for a razor? In this economy? Gross. At Dollar Shave Club, you can get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. We've been hawking shaving products for years online, and we're excited to bring you the same great quality and low prices at a store near you. From high-quality stainless steel blades to super smooth shave creams, Dollar Shave Club's in the business of making your shave easier. Find Dollar Shave Club in the men's razor aisle. Getting your Dollar Shave Club razor wherever you want. Isn't that great? We're at war, and we're in recession. It's only a matter of time until cracks start to show. And do you know who will get hit the most? You. That's why you need to protect yourself and your family, because things will get worse. Fortunately, Noble Gold Investments is here to help you. You've worked too hard to build up your savings and investments to see it all crushed to bits? A precious metals IRA with Noble Gold Investments ticks all the boxes to keep you safe. And this month, they're giving away a beautiful gold eagle bullion coin with every qualifying IRA of $50,000 or higher. Stop worrying. Visit NobleGoldInvestments.com. That's NobleGoldInvestments.com. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender, Hi, this is Santa Fox, the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us for all your gift, gardening and farm needs. We have anything you need for the perfect gift for what you need on your farm. And if you're needing to take care of your yard or garden, please come see us. We also have a great selection in our pet department. Please come see us for all your pet needs and also for your feathered friends. Hi, this is Tina Fox. Come by and see us. The Co-op Farm and Home Center is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. There is no safer place in the storm. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, TV 11. 
John Day is with us this morning from the law firm of John Day. He's answering your legal questions, and we're looking at uh, differences in federal and state laws and not having anything to do with the state or federal laws, although this did come up in the news a bit. (laughs) Tickets to Taylor Swift were difficult, almost impossible for people to get. But John Day cares so much about people, you got some. <laughs> we, we, we've got two to give away. Uh, we're, we're celebrating our 30th anniversary this year of, of being together. And so we uh, picked up two extra tickets and we're not selling them to make a profit. <laughs> we are giving them away to people who go to our Facebook page and ask to be included in the drawing. So all the directions are on the John Day uh, legal uh, Facebook page. And if you go there, get a chance to win two tickets for May 5th in Nashville at Nissan Stadium. So go to Facebook and look up John Day Legal. Or John Day Law Firm. Yeah, either way, you'll or find it. Or just probably put John Day in it. Y- yes. Come up. Yeah, you may get my personal account. It's there, too. Uh, I'm not giving away tickets on my personal account. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's nothing interesting on it, believe me. But the uh, the John Day Law Firm account does have uh, several posts where you can register for the giveaway. And we're going to give away two tickets at the end of this month, the end of March. You know, you're always doing something that's good for the people in the community. And you're the one who sponsors these child safety seat uh, installation tests. And with the fire department, fire, with the Murfreesboro Fire Department. All sorts of things. Yeah, and bicycle helmets. I think we're over 3,000 bicycle helmets and skating helmets that we've given away in Murfreesboro. You're saving lives, potentially. Well, I, I, I hope so. My, my goal is to... Um, prevent a serious injury, right? And to, to get just as importantly, because kids are so resilient. I mean, they need a helmet, but thank God they they're built in such a way that they can take a lot more than we can, Bart. Um, but I want to get them in the helmet habit of wearing a helmet at a young age, and that's why we have helmets not for adults. We just have them for kids, but we've got them for smaller kids, and kids are 10, 11 years old. And as I said, we've We've got another event coming up here. Uh, I think it's in April. I'm, although I'm not sure they're going to have it. The Pioneer Days event. We do have the Pioneer Days. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're going to have it this year. Last I heard, there was oh, some. Oh, they're, they're doing, doing some, some work remod- on the road. Yes. I, I had heard that. And I think it's still up in the air when I checked last week. But we've been going there for three or four years, maybe five years and have given away hundreds and hundreds of helmets there. Hopefully we can do it again this year. But we we will be here somewhere giving away helmets again. Just sort of uh, keep your ear on WGNS, and we'll let you know uh, if Front Street. Front Street's down to be uh, a total renovation, uh, and they're trying to get, uh, what is it, uh, Vine Street and Front Street aligned so that you can go across without doing a dog leg. Right. Which right. is dangerous in heavy traffic right right. so uh we have about three or four minutes left in the program and we're talking this morning about the difference in federal courts and also uh state courts and again you say determined it's where where you would be best is different with every case it is yes in in most cases there is two options 
Um, many cases, I, I guess I, sh I should revisit or restate that. In many cases, there's only going to be one option. If two people from Murfreesboro get in a car wreck in Murfreesboro, it's going to be a Murfreesboro-related matter, lawsuit, if it can't be settled. It's as people from other counties get involved or people from other states increases the options of where the case could be brought. And, and at some point, depending on the size of the case and whether the people are from out of state, then you get into decisions about whether the case would have to be brought in or should be brought in state or federal court. And how long does it take to make an effective determination on which direction it needs to be? Well, um, it takes me maybe two minutes. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not something that if you're involved in a case like that, you're going to be sitting out there wondering for weeks or oh, months. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I, I think most experienced personal injury lawyers can make that decision pretty fast once they have the applicable facts. Okay. And if, if you tell me, John, this wreck took place in Rutherford County, with a citizen from California involved and the case has got a value of whatever it is, I will be able to make that decision pretty quick. Sometimes when there's a choice of whether it could be filed in another state, for instance, the um, Massachusetts example I used before, that took a little bit more time because we had to research the law of Massachusetts to see if a Massachusetts court would apply Massachusetts law rather than Tennessee law that took another extra few days, but um, most of the time that decision could be made pretty quickly by an experienced lawyer. Very good. How can people get in touch with you? Well, they can reach out uh, to me personally if they want to. The email address I gave before, jday at johndaylegal.com, or they can reach out at our phone number. Uh, the main number uh, is 615-742-4880. And you're right here in town across from the hospital. Right across from the hospital. Right. Easy to find there on Medical Center Parkway. That's right. John Day, our guest this morning. John, we do thank you for joining us. And, and check uh, the Facebook site, and it'll show you how to be a potential winner with the Taylor Swift tickets. And, and we'd love to uh, give those tickets away to somebody in this community. Absolutely. John Day with us this morning answering your legal questions. and. An interesting journey today. Which way, federal or state? Fascinating. Never had thought about that before. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. John, have a great day. You too, sir.